Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a brilliant and amazing day so far. I, oh man, another month down. In fact, an entire quarter down. What is happening? We're already a fourth of the way through uh, 2021 and I'm just so grateful and excited that uh, you guys get to be on this journey with me and I get to be on this journey with you. You know, my monthly reflection episodes are some of my favorites to release. One, because it allows me to see how far I've come and it's like an anchor point. But two, just some of the messages that I've been receiving from you have just been so heartwarming and inspiring to me. And for just, it's it's just been really beautiful for me to remember that we're all on this journey together, no matter where we are in the world, what we're going through, what our socioeconomic backgrounds are, what we're really leaning into. Like we're all part of team human. And as part of team human, we're all here to evolve and grow into the highest versions of ourselves. And that's really what this month's theme was for me. It was around identity, really unraveling all of the things that I've been terrified to unravel over the years. And you know, I feel like there's a certain level of personal development work that I've done that has now equipped me to go even deeper into myself. And, you know, I've just been really leaning into that, leaning into every single thing that's showing up in my life and calibrating it to truth, which is really a fundamental theme that I want to highlight in this episode. And we'll talk a lot about this in the reflection with Georgina. But I feel like my entire life, I built a lot of my identity around things that weren't actually me, right? Like borrowed from culture, society, things I I was told I was supposed to do, things I thought would make me happy. I mean, you name it, it was all based in external. But when we calibrate to truth, what is the truth of our existence? What does it mean to be an Indian? What does it mean to be a male? What does it mean to be a human being? What does it mean to be a good person? What does it mean to be a bad person? When we actually sink into truth, and like, what is actually true versus what did we borrow from culture, society, and beyond? We give ourselves the permission to actually discern between the voice of intuition and the voice that was borrowed from culture and all of the things that are not us. We are beings of nature. And the more we can calibrate our lives to the natural laws and the truth that's inside of those natural laws, the more we can return to that holistic and whole place of healing, of love, of compassion, of gratitude without really needing to try. Because the the need to be anything other than gratitude and love is protection. It's something that's taking us against others. It's putting up a wall. And one of the biggest healing commitments I've made to myself has been to really let down my walls, allow myself to be seen fully in my expression, whether that's as a strong human being or as a quote unquote weak human being. And it's really unraveling all of the stories that I've attached around what I need to be and who I need to be and and who I actually am. And I'm just so grateful for Georgina. I mean, she is really, truly a gifted question asker. I mean, we went down so many rabbit holes on this conversation that I just didn't expect to. I mean, I have four to five pages of notes for my monthly reflections. So it's really hard to cram all of the lessons, all of the insights, all of the ahas into one hour long episode, but we did our best and we sure as hell covered a lot more than I thought we were going to. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I hope it's another reminder for you to have courage and be brave in the pursuit of your truth and and to stay grounded in, in, in who you are, not who you're supposed to be, but truly who you are and find your power in that. 
But um, anyways, if uh, you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes. All that means that every single time I release a new episode, it falls straight into your inbox. And it goes a long way in helping more people find the show and learn about the show. If any of the stuff that I spoke about on the episode resonates with you, leave a review, reach out to me on Instagram. Just let me know what's resonating. I just love reading and hearing your comments about the monthly reflection episodes. They speak so much to my heart. So anyways, I love you guys. I'm grateful for you guys, but without further ado, here is the amazing Georgina L. Morchetti and myself. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this special episode of Stay Grounded. In fact, one of my favorite episodes that I am learning to appreciate, enjoy, and be a little nervous for actually <laughs> on a monthly basis now. Hi, Georgina. Welcome back. Hey, Raj. Great to be back again. This special episode. Ah, uh, March. March. Yep. End of Q1. End well. of Q1. That's a uh, crazy thought. I was telling you earlier, but like, been really leaning more into crystals ever since the year started. It's been a big sort of theme for me around the month and. I've been finding myself actually after these episodes go and get a crystal or find a crystal that resonates with whatever intention or theme or direction that I want to um, pursue in in the month. And um, this, little, this little turquoise necklace here is a symbolism for that. It was actually me leaning into just different parts of my identity that I was starting to unravel and, and, and find truth in. And I wanted a piece to memorialize that. And um, I think it's been really fun. It's been fun. No, we, I wanted to just mention that because I just want to remind people that personal growth and personal development can be fun. Yes. Like we talk about a lot of deep stuff on the podcast. We talk about a lot of concepts that are dense and heavy and connected to healing and, and connecting with your body and feeling things that you haven't felt before. But don't forget that this ride is supposed to be a joy. And the whole reason why we're doing this work, why we're leaning into ourselves, why we're having difficult conversations, why we're pursuing a life of courage, why we are doing the work is so that we can live happier, freer, more fun, fulfilled lives. And to me, Crystals have just made things more fun and quirky and magical and interesting. And I, I'm just really loving that that has been such a big part of my quarter. <laughs> like, just have a house full of crystals now. <laughs> like, I went to, here, look at this one. I want to show you this one. Like, I literally just got back from uh, Tulum from a sweat lodge. And I was on the beach and I found this gorgeous little coral on the side of the beach. That was just a small piece. And and it just spoke to me and I was like, oh, that's pretty. I want that next to me when I work. And now I have that at home. And like, so it's, it's fun. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. I think I'm realizing that when you can start to play with life, life begins to play back with you. But you need to have that lightness and that gratitude that you get to bring into every situation because that is then what allows both the good and the bad to just feel all like a blessing. And when you're, when you're rooted in blessings, that's when you can actually lean into the ease and, and the joy and the love that's already existing in your life. So I, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to, to go Thank deep. You for a reminder. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know what drew you to the, the crystal necklace you're wearing. The turquoise. Like, like, yeah. <sighs> it's a funny story. So I going through a lot of transitions recently, career wise and uh, just personally, just really shedding a lot of layers and, I, in this moment, feel more like myself than I ever have. I, I feel more grounded in my body. I feel present. I don't fear any of my emotions. I welcome it all. I just feel like I'm operating in a level that I don't think I ever have. And, and initially, I just wanted to get a ring to sort of memorialize a chapter of my life. Like I, I turned 30 in a month. So my 30th birthday is on May 5th. And, you know, so I just feel like the last five years, the last decade, whatever, has just been such a, an incredible journey for me. And so I just wanted to get something 
that symbolize that. So I was thinking like a class ring or something, like, you know, just something to symbolize like my life journey. Like we get class rings, we get all these things, like we get yearbooks, like uh, we get a bunch of stuff to memorialize chapters. I just love the idea of something that I could wear to remind myself of, of how far I've come. And so I went into my crystal shop, uh, Phil, who's, there was a pod, we did a podcast episode with him earlier in the year. He's just one of the most talented and incredible gemologists I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And um, I went into his shop and with the intention of getting like some jewelry and he came in fully like, like the first thing I saw on him was just head to toe covered in turquoise. And he was like, Raj, I don't know why, but I was meditating today and I got this download that I was supposed to wear turquoise for you. And little did he know that a few months back, my brother and I had gone in, my brother and I went in to get some crystals for him. He just started flying. He wanted to have some stones with him, to just some, some lucky stones, just to help him feel you know, comfortable and safe as he was flying. And so we went in, and one of the stones that he picked out was this gorgeous turquoise, and but Phil only had one. And I didn't tell Phil this, but I was like, damn it, I really want that. I really <laughs> want that turquoise. <laughs> but I didn't tell him that. And uh, my brother got it, and like, you know, it's, it's, I love him, and it's, it's one of his favorite stones too, right? But now, I guess, like, when I went into Phil's shop, and he saw all the turquoise, and I told him that story, and he was like, Wow. All right. And so we started talking about the different turquoise he had, the different stories, the the places that they came from. So this one in particular has turquoise from Tibet, China, and then from Arizona. I've been really resonating with Native American and Mayan sort of ceremonial practices, whether it's cacao, like I'm drinking cacao right now, like we you know, set intentions with cacao before we started this episode, or or with the Tamascals, which is the, the sweat lodge ceremony that the Mayans and the Native Americans really believe in to sort of purge yourself of, of, uh, of evil spirits and, and negative energies um, and fears and different things that are sort of held inside of you. And so, I don't know, it just felt right. Like that medicine has been so powerful for me in the last quarter. Uh, in fact, it was huge for me in March. I had another ceremony in March and it just felt like, I don't know, just a lot of things about the turquoise just kind of felt good for me. And that's it. Like, I, that's kind of the point. Like, it felt good for me, <laughs> right? Like, there's a feeling aspect to where I think I don't even have to exp- And that's the thing, I, and I, I'm just acknowledging about how far I've come. Like, I don't have to intellectualize things anymore. I can just feel and just run with it. Like, I don't need to know why I got the turquoise. I don't need to know the reason. I didn't need to go read. It was fun for me to read what turquoise is and what it means and all that stuff, but the feeling that I have in my body around the resonance with this stone for this chapter of my life is something that led me to make a decision that now I'm very proud of and it speaks to me and helps me feel a certain type of way. So I feel we need to dive into this, this piece about like the feelings telling you what is right and true for you. Have you cultivated that kind of knowing? Uh, practice being seen. So here's the thing, like when you're sitting in isolation and just feeling and you haven't done the work yet, it's hard to distinguish between the voice that's yours, which is that intuition, that voice in your heart with the voices that you borrowed from your parents, from culture, from everything else, right? Like there's, there's two voices and unfelt fears, unfelt stories end up getting stored as feelings too. So like a nervousness, an anxiousness, a fear that's stored in your body as well. The same way that love and desire and inspiration is is something that's originated from within too. So there's those contrasting viewpoints that are in your body. And for me, the most valuable way that I've learned to trust myself, which is really, I think, what you're asking. How do I trust myself in deeper ways? How do I trust that the feelings I have are are leading me towards my highest and best good? Well, it's to, for me, it has been to allow myself to be seen as the things that I do not want to be seen as. If I'm a man and I don't want to be seen as less than a man, well, I will express myself to people, whether it's in dating, whether it's in, in business, I will express my ways in ways like that are honoring myself so that I can feel the insecurity around being seen a certain way which then allows that fear to go away and allow my body to be a clearer vessel for what's truly mine. 
here's the thing. When you feel the uncomfortable stuff, you're actually letting it go. How, how so? Because that's what it is. Like to me, like people say trauma. I, I like to rephrase or reframe trauma to be a heightened emotional experience. So if you think of trauma as a, a heightened emotional experience, all that is is an, a heightened emotional experience that you, your body didn't feel safe feeling at that time. So it stored it. And it was like, oh my God, I had this traumatic experience. I need to protect myself right now. Your body went into a protective mechanism because if you would have had to feel the stuff in that moment, you, pro- you probably didn't have the tools to do it. It would have been too much. So your body did yourself a favor by storing it. But then when a trigger shows up in another area of life, whether you're dating, right? And there's a, there's a trigger around rejection or abandonment, or let's say you're in business and there's a trigger around you being seen as a good person or you disappointing certain people. Like those triggers, yes, they're caused and sparked by whatever momentary thing you're having, but that's actually an imprint from an earlier emotional experience. And so when you allow yourself to be, to feel those feelings in the moments that you're there and be authentic in your expression, you're allowing yourself to let go of the thing that keeps you trapped. Because a feeling that you don't want to feel is a feeling that you will never be free from. Because you'll keep getting triggered. And, and you'll never actually be free. Like, freedom is not having any feeling to fear. When you're not afraid... So you're not any feeling to fear. That's a powerful thing when you're not When you're not afraid of being seen and feeling the feelings of being seen as a failure or as a disappointment... Or as an incompetent human being, whether it's as a lover or as a friend or as a father or as a son or as a bad, if you're not afraid of being seen and feeling the feelings of being seen as a bad, bad person, whatever the fuck that means, right? Like, like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, those are feelings when you, like, when you are not afraid of feeling those feelings, you are free. And when, here's a bigger thing. When you feel those feelings, you're letting them go. You're letting go of the negative hold that they have, the, the story that's attached to the feeling. And then it just becomes a feeling. You see, sadness that doesn't have a story attached to it is just sadness. Sadness that has a story attached to it becomes a, becomes a trigger that keeps you trapped in your life. It's a cage that you're literally operating inside of. But when you can change your relationship to feeling, it's just, these are all just data points. These are all feelings. They're energies. Emotions are just energy in motion. They're just flooding through you, moving through you. You then begin to change the, the conversation. Like, and if you lean into the idea that we're all energetic beings, right? Like we're being, like we have energy inside of these physical bodies, whether you want to call that energy soul or God or the universe flowing or just like whatever you want to call like. There's life force inside of us. That's what activates our lives. Like without life force, we would just be corpses that don't have that, that energy, that, that thing that brings us to life. So like at the end of the day, like our feelings are connected to a wisdom that is so much bigger than any story and any need for certainty, need for confirmation, need for like, that's all up here and that's all in your head. And so when I, when I think about just when I allow myself to feel what I need to feel and when I allow other people to see me feeling that, it changes everything. Because it's one thing to feel what you need to feel by yourself, but when you can feel and be seen feeling by a person that you are very afraid of being seen, like, you know, it's one of those things like relationship, right? Like, I think for a long time, I used to really try to be ultra independent. Like I would really try to be ultra independent and really try because I, I thought that was a strength. But what I realized was by me not allowing myself to be seen vulnerably around my friends, my family, anybody I'm, I'm, I'm in an intimate relationship with, like by not allowing that, I'm actually protecting myself from being hurt, from being let down, from being disappointed. Me trying to be ultra independent is me protecting myself from being seen inside of that intimacy, right? With another person. And so for me, the fastest path to healing has been with other people. Like my relationships with other people, whether it's in romance, whether it's in 
whether it's with my family and my parents, whether it's with my business partner, whether it's with any person, anything, my like, the more I allow myself to be seen by the people that I am afraid to be seen by, the more I heal the, the charges, the charge sort of anxious, sort of like control needing, like feelings and stories, which then allows me to have a deeper connection with what's true in my body. Because I think I, I wrote this down, like I'm going to read this quote um, from my, actually directly from here, I think. Happiness that rests in truth is the type of happiness that's experienced in your body. And I think that's truly what is like when we are in our bodies and when we're feeling it all, like we're connected and that's true joy. And that true joy is connected to all things. It's connected to nature. It's connected to other people. It's connected to cosmos. It's just, there's an infinite wisdom and intelligence that rests inside of the joy you, the feelings you experience in your body versus the feelings that are attached to the stories in your head around the need to control an outcome to, to like when, when, when you're resting in presence, you are truly connected and free. Oh my gosh. So much in that, like so much. And so I'm hearing you say is this notion of when we're able to be just present with the emotions and not tap into the stories, but just feel the feelings moving through us, then we tap into a different way of living and being. So I'm curious to know how do you override that protection mechanism? Because you mentioned that a lot of the times the story or like we protect ourselves, to stop ourselves being seen in a particular way. How do you go about noticing when you're doing that? And how do you then, and maybe you can give us some examples from what's happened this month and you override that to allow the feelings to be, and you just be vulnerable. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'd love to share, but I, there's, it's just, I'm okay. Let me see. Let me see what I can share. Let me share how I do it first, actually. Let me share how I do it and then give a concrete example. I lean into anxiety as a North Star. What do you mean by that? Like that's a point of indication that this is something here that I need to work through? So for me, anxiety is like a, it's a point for me. Like like when I feel anxious, it's like a, oh, okay, let's get curious. And then I sit with it and I'm like, what am I really anxious about? And then I get honest with myself. Can I just back up a sec? So curiosity, why do you start with curiosity? Why is that the important focus? Because anxiety by itself is not necessarily a negative thing. It is a data point. Like your body and your mind create rules and create these, like your body is a brilliant machine. Let's just start there. Like the body knows how to heal itself. The body is this like, like your body wouldn't be creating emotions if they weren't meant to be felt because your body is infinitely more wise than any sense of conscious processing power that we have. The conscious brain only controls about 3%. I don't even know if that's, don't hold me to that step, but it's something like that. Like 3% of your knowing, like everything, everything else is subconscious. So like all these subconscious processes, like feelings, like these these little triggers, like, ooh, something's off about that person. Like all these things that are showing up, they're showing up for a reason, right? right? Now, before, like I think most people write off the reason and just attach themselves to the feeling. Like I'm feeling anxiety, so I'm anxious. I'm an anxious person. I have worries, so I am worried. I have joy. I am joyful. And we attach our identities to these feelings instead of just separating ourselves from the feelings and giving ourselves an honest, like, and with curiosity and be like, no, I I am not my fear. I am not afraid. I am experiencing fear in this moment. When you reframe that, now you get to ask why. Because you are not your thoughts. You are not your emotions. You are actually just a vessel for all of it. Like, Think about this, Georgina. Like, have you ever been into nature in one part of nature and have a completely different, like a set of inspiration and thoughts? Let's say you're in like the woods, right? Do you get inspired in the woods? Let's say you get thoughts and stuff, right? Yeah. Change that now and you go to the ocean. Do you have a different set of inspirations? Yeah. Do you have different feelings in both of those places? Yeah. So if, if the environment you're in can influence the way you feel and the thoughts you have, 
why do we attach ourselves to any one feeling or any one thought that we have inside ourselves or about ourselves? <laughs> Light bulb moment. Like, why? You can't. Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, logically, like, I mean, let's logically go through this. Like, you cannot make sense of that. Like, so therefore, we are not our emotions. We are not our thoughts. We are not our beliefs about ourselves. We are something greater. We are something bigger. And one of the biggest things that I've been leaning into this month is detaching myself from what I think Raj is to really getting curious around who is the energy, the soul, the, the higher power that is existing inside of this physical body and this physical personality. Because okay, that's that's like next level. <laughs> right. We don't have to go there, but I'm saying like that's no, no, because this this is really fascinating. So how do you know? How do you know you're at the point where you can say, right, I understand the ego or Raj, the identity well, piece. Well, I'm not saying okay. I oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to say I don't say I guess how do you know it's time to look at that other piece? Because I think you're onto something that just feels magical. So I feel like I'm getting to again, I'm getting to a point where I am starting to work on aspects of myself that are so deep in nature. Like, okay, so this is, we, and this is a bigger lesson. So one thing I've realized from my healing journeys and from actually one of my dear brothers, a guy named Jonathan Law that I respect very greatly mentioned this to me around just the idea of healing. And it was just a really brilliant way to put it. Like when you feel like you've worked on everything that you need to work on, when you feel like you have, conquered all the demons, quote unquote, the dragons. When you feel like every, like you are solid, that's when your body is finally ready to work on the things that you are so afraid of actually working on. Your body needs to experience a certain level of safety, a certain level of progress, a certain level of groundedness and centeredness before you can actually begin peeling back the layers even deeper to begin asking questions that challenge the fundamental fabric that make you who you are. Like there's a certain level of groundedness that you have to have in yourself, a certain level of knowing that you have to have in yourself. Like you have to be a certain level, like an oak tree with deep roots that, or a bamboo that sways with the wind, but doesn't break. And for my entire life, like, I don't know if I've ever been there. Like I'm finally, I finally feel like I'm, I'm getting there. Like I'm finally starting to have these conversations, but to say I would have been able to have these conversations a year ago would have been premature uh, for me to be like, I had to go through a certain level of healing, a certain level of unraveling, a certain level of unbecoming, a certain level of releasing what wasn't mine so that I can truly actually start to challenge. All right. Who is Raj? I think the first step of healing is like letting go of everything that's not yours. Things you learn from society, things you learn from culture, things you learn from religion, things you inherited in your body from generational, right? Mm -hmm. Epigenetic traveling of, of trauma. There's a lot of stuff that I think we have to let go until we have the spaciousness to then look at ourselves and say, okay, what does it mean to be an Indian? What does it mean well, to be a male? What does right. it mean to be a Raj? What does it mean to be a good person? What does it mean to be a bad person? Like I, you see these, like these now fundamental fabric based questions, mm -hmm. right? Like I think it takes time. Like it's not something you can do on day one, but that's where I, I finally feel like I'm at a place where I can begin to actually push the limits of who I think I am. I get to challenge my sense of self, knowing that, knowing that I'll be able to find my way back home, not just because I have developed the necessary skill sets to do so and the necessary tools and necessary awarenesses, but I now have support and I'm allowing people to help me. Mm -hmm. And I have a brilliant team of mentors, teachers, guides, coaches, communities that are holding the space for me to stretch the limits of who I am and what I'm meant to be in this lifetime. Wow. That sounds so beautiful. And I'd love to know now that you're kind of answering these deeper questions, how is life evolving for you? What is, what is opening up and shifting at this level? I'm really discovering 
I think for me, you know, I've been really asking myself, like, what am I meant to do? What am I, what, what, who am I meant to be in this lifetime? Like for me, it's just been, this quarter has been a big question around like identity, really like who am I? And like, what is Raj good at? What is Raj? Cause there's so many, like, I, I feel like I've developed a lot of skills over the years, a lot of talents over the years. I've helped a lot of people over the years. I've done a lot already. And I just feel this like emergence right now with like just a greater. And I, I feel like for me, like the more I begin to really tap into like my higher self, like I, I think we have two real, like I have a few identities, right? Like I have my, my Raj self, which is like, who is Raj? And there's my best Raj self, right? Like King Raj, like he's, he's a king. He's the guy that does all these things. It's like, but then I also have this like, kind of like this higher self, which is like this, it's like a, it's a connected self. It's the self that isn't driven by ego or doesn't really have an identity. It's just this, it's an energy. And I just feel, I feel it in my body. Like there's this, there's like a, there's, like a, there's more to whatever the hell I'm experiencing right now than I know. And so, you know, I've done a lot as, as Raj, like Raj was here to do something special. Great. And I've done a lot, but what's next? What's more? I just feel like I've been asking myself that question. I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself to get the answer, to find it, to figure it out, to have that mission statement, that vision statement, that, that thing that I'm here to do, those types of people I'm here to save. I'm here to help feed people. I'm here to do this. I'm here to do that. The way I'm leaning into life right now is trusting that what I am meant to do on this planet is also meant to help me come alive. Can you say some more about that? That sounds really interesting. One of the, I had this big aha earlier in the month when I was on my way to the, to, to when I was on my way to Tulum to do my sweat lodge. But it was like this giant aha for me was around. So if you think about like nature and the way nature works, nature made sex to be a very pleasurable experience so that a species wouldn't die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. just to give you like, let's go back 10,000 feet. Now let's the best thing that could happen for, for that species, which is not die out, go extinct. Nature made the medicine for it. Pleasure. Right. Let's just, let's, let's talk about that for a second. That, that one concept, right? Okay. Now let's go and talk about calling purpose, all that stuff. Right. I used to always think that what I was, I was putting all this pressure, all this need, all this like guilt, all these things around me needing to be a certain type of human being because I have gifts, I have talents. I was, I'm meant to do something more. There's got to be more to my life than this or all that stuff, right? But why do I think that nature wouldn't make the thing that I'm meant to do on this planet also be the thing that lights me up the most? Because why wouldn't she incentivize it that way, right? Like, if it's meant to be the best for all of humanity and if it's meant to be the thing that is as like that changed the paradigm of everything for me. So like if experiencing love and falling in love is fun for me, great that if working on projects that actually have nothing to do with business, like art, like I just did an art reveal, uh, everybody listening, if you haven't seen it, you can go to Instagram and read the story of this commissioned art piece that I just finished. Like that, like, I don't know why I did that. It just felt like the right thing to do, right? Like maybe in me sharing that, it sparked something for someone else, which was actually the impact I was supposed to make on this planet. I don't know. Like, right? Like this idea that like, we're just creating ripples. And the more we live in alignment with that inspired sense of self, the more we lean into play and joy and love and actually experience that in our bodies, the better the world is going to be. And I'm just learning. And it took away the pressure for me. Because I feel like I was trying to put together a puzzle with pieces that I didn't even have yet. And I was looking at this incomplete puzzle and I was trying to fit all these damn pieces that I had in my pocket in that puzzle without realizing that I don't have the pieces yet. And so there's this level of patience and just, and trust. Trust is a big thing. Trusting myself that I will know when something falls into my lap that is meant to be something that I put my time and energy into and trusting the universe and trusting the entire thing in that the voice that I'm supposed to be paying attention to is inspiration and love and joy and passion. 
passion can be born from anger. Don't get me wrong. Like you can be angry about something and that can spark a level of, but even behind anger and passion is love because injustice, think about people that are fighting out against injustices. It's because they have a love for a certain type of person themselves and they're speaking up out of anger. And that is truth, right? Like, but that's inspired. It's an inspired feeling. And so I'm learning to trust inspiration versus external motivations, which feel like guilt and all of those things that we learn from society to drive humanity forward. Like I think love is just a much more magnetic and healing form of action than fear. Like, and, and I, and I, when I say fear, I'm not just saying I'm afraid of doing this. Like I think things that keep people like, I just think that fear runs society. We're all driven by either love or fear and underneath all the fear and underneath all those stories is just an ocean of love. And so I've been trusting that if it feels good, just go with it. God, that's such a powerful distinction. Cause I think you're right. I think nature kind of is almost like the role model for us and, and all the things in nature that happen through pleasure, as you just described, it's so powerful. And it just makes so much sense. Your, your purpose or the thing you're going to get the most value from is going to be something you enjoy and that you love. That makes so much sense. I'm curious. Why, why do you think, why don't we bother that? Why do we, why do we not live in that way? Because we're disconnected from nature and the way nat- the natural way is like children aren't that way. Children, they don't, they don't, they just love. They're just bundles of joy. They, you go see, you've seen a child in nature, <laughs> like, Connected to everything, present, in the moment, just wants to be with friends. When they want to cry, they cry. When they want to be happy, they're happy. I think over time, we learn to disconnect ourselves from nature. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I love the sweat lodges. So for any of those who doesn't know what a sweat lodge is or a Themyscal is, it's essentially this, this, this clay dome that the ancient Mayans and, and uh, the indigenous people of North America and just Central America in general, have used for thousands of years, really, to like essentially heal or release energies that are not yours. So they call the dome the womb of Mother Earth or Mother Nature. So it's like the womb of the mother. And so it's supposed to symbolize you going in there and being reborn, like you're in the womb of the mother. And so like they put you in there and they have these like really hot volcanic rocks that they're putting in there with you. And you know, every 20 to 30 minutes is like a door and you're going through four doors and each door is meant to symbolize like an awakening and a spiritual experience. And every time I go through that experience, I've done it twice now, I just feel this deep sense of connection to nature and myself. And when I'm operating from that space, the only thing that exists is gratitude because mother nature always provides what we need. Right. Like the universe always provides what we need. Like we may not have what we want or what we think we want, but if you just sink into the moment, you're breathing, you're alive. Like there's, there's a certain basic need that mother nature provides that we take for granted. And I think we're disconnected from that truth. And I, I, and I feel one of the most healing things we can all do is return to the true nature of ourselves. Right. Like when we come back to that authentic state, when we heal what's not ours and we release what's not ours, when we let go of old conditioning and stories, like I I grew up Indian and there were a lot of conditions, not just in my, my, my family, but like in the culture and society around what it means to be an Indian that are not rooted in the natural laws of being human. Like, you know, like, what does it matter if you're a successful engineer, a lawyer, a doctor? What does it matter if you're, no, I, I, it's, but serious though, what does it matter if you're seen as X over Y? What does it matter if these conditions that we put around self-worth, these conditions that we put around our value, when you get to the core nature of ourselves, all of that stuff doesn't really make sense. Because in nature, if you walk into a forest, you see 15 different kinds of trees that are broken and tall, some are shading, some are tiny, yet the whole picture is perfect. 
And we forget that when we get caught up in the conditions, the learned sort of cultural culture versus nature, right? Like we've gone so far to culture that we've forgotten nature. And I think that that's what we all, if we truly want to heal as a species and we want to evolve, I think we have to return back to our fundamental, like the truth of who we are. And we are souls living inside of human bodies. We're here to express love, be seen, and evolve. I read a beautiful quote from Vishen Lakiani, who's the founder of Mind Valley on Instagram the other day. And it was like, your soul wasn't here to achieve, it was here to evolve. And I remember reading that quote and it resonated so much with me because the idea of achievement is attached to condition. It's a societal norm that we're all here to experience a massive amount of wealth or a massive amount. Some people are, but that's because that's what their soul is here to experience in order to evolve to the next iteration. Right? So I think when we learned going back to our original conversation, around really learning to feel what's here and what's true. I think when you learn to return back to that, to your body, you naturally learn to return back to a place of love and gratitude. When you don't feel the need to protect yourself, you're just love. It's the protective layers that actually build up the us versus them, the I need to be this to be seen and accepted and loved. It's that, it's the protection. But when you dissolve, and that's really where I'm at now and where I, I'm leaning into deep. It's not easy. This is one of the hardest journeys of, of your life, you know, dissolving the need to be protected. Like, can you be in the presence of someone who triggers you and just show up with love because you don't need to protect yourself? Because, like, I mean, that's thinking, thinking even how hard that is. Like, it is the uh, yeah, hardest so. work. It is the hardest work and it's not easy and it's not perfect. and It's going to be messy. And it's what I think is necessary. And I think that's why I choose to do the work because the more I allow myself to do this work, the more anyone listening who is doing the work can feel not alone in the journey because it's hard doing this stuff alone and it's hard. But when you're, when we just remember that we're all team human, at the very core. And team human comes from nature. Oh, like, this, this whole conversation around nature is almost this mirror. I'm just getting a sense of if you can remember what our nature is and how nature shows up, somehow it just highlights all the conditioning that we can let go of. Just get a real sense of that is a good starting point to feel what is not yours. Yeah, like, nature is truth, right? Nature is absolutely truth. It's, it's the truth. And in fact, Ray Dalio is a very famous, um, you know, one of the most successful, uh, he has one of the most successful hedge funds, I think, investment hedge funds in the world. And he wrote a book called Principles, which is one of my favorite books for anybody who's in business or just life in general. He talks a lot about just principles that he follows to be successful. And one of the things he talks about is like almost every one of his algorithms that he's coded and built are based in things he learned from nature. Seriously. Wow. So he spends a lot of time in nature because when he's in nature, he gets to see what's true. And I think that's really why being in nature feels so grounding. Like that quote I shared earlier around happiness that rests in the in truth is happiness that rests in your body. Because when you're in nature, you're experiencing just the truth of existence. You're not experiencing this man-made sort of fabricated bullshit lifestyle that we're all chasing. No, like you're connecting with what's actually true. Like human beings came, what, 60,000 years ago? How old is the earth? You know what I mean? Like when we really truly begin to remember that, like it's, it's, it's a life-changing conversation and it's a reminder to, it's just a reminder of how much, like it's, I love what you said, actually. I'm, I'm really leaning into what you just said around when you're in nature, like it makes it easier for you to distinguish between what's true and what's not because you're surrounded by truth. You're in an environment of hustle. Of course you're not like, and I realize actually like, like I, I have a, a beautiful, wonderful healing community that I go to. I, I meet with at least once a month and I'm realizing even that container is a container of, of truth. Like it's a container of love and it's a container of safety. And I do think that, you need those containers and nature is one container, 
being in a safe space with other people that you trust is another one of those containers that just allows you to distinguish between what's true and what's not. And we need mirrors. Like, like we need each other. We need each other to heal. Like I, I'm tired of this whole, like, we don't need relationships. We don't need partnership. We don't need friends. We don't need help. We don't need, no, we need each other. Like we absolutely fucking need each other. And, and if you don't feel like you need other people, there's something that's protecting you. You're protecting yourself from something. And I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. And you may not be able to ask everyone for help, but you can certainly reach out to me. I may not be able to help all the time, but I always am here to at least lend an ear and listen and give and just respond and just acknowledge that you're going through something. And like sometimes that's all we even need. Like it's not even that we need the bells and whistles. It's just, we need like the more you can allow yourself to be seen, the more you heal. That's a great thing to say. The more you allow yourself to be seen, the more you can heal. Thank you for that reminder. And I'd just love to finish by like summing up the months. So if you had to choose a word that kind of summed up this whole conversation and the whole of March for you, like what would what would that word be? Um, so many words come up for me right now. Surrender shows up. Exponential. Exhilarating. Healing. I mean, I've really worked on some parts of myself that I never thought I would have the courage to look at. And it's been really beautiful. And I just feel really grateful. Grateful, I think, is the ultimate word. I'm just really grateful that I'm, I've, I'm grateful that I've made choices to honor myself. I'm grateful for myself more than anything. I'm really grateful for how much I've chosen to do the work and how much I've chosen to sit with the uncomfortable shit and, and how much that's going to allow me to show up even bigger for my family, for my friends, for my communities, for everyone here, for my employees, for my business partners, for my future endeavors, for anybody that I, for whatever purpose I do choose to fulfill when that calling shows up. I am just, I feel so grateful for just the journey. I'm grateful for the journey. The end destination is fun and it's nice to get to this point, this milestone of where we get to talk about the month and share the lessons. But the journey is truly what I'm just so grateful for. So grateful, I think is the word. In a ride, took me a while to get there, but grateful. <laughs> I love it. And, and one final thing, have you been staying grounded this month? Giving myself the permission to look messy. Thanks for sharing that because I think a lot of us feel we can't be messy. Yeah, it's giving myself the permission to, like, it doesn't matter if it's in a business deal or a conversation or a meeting and I say the wrong thing, it's giving myself the permission to and reminding myself that, you know, everyone was once a beginner and, mm -hmm. and not letting that mean anything about me. It's just finding confidence in myself as a beginner because there are things I'm doing right now that I've never done before. Or, um, expressing myself in, in intimacy with others. It's like being able to express my needs and my insecurities and regardless of whether they're going to like me or not in dating, right? Like whether they're going to like me or not, just allowing myself to be seen for my truth and giving myself the permission to be seen as like, not the guy that has it figured out. That's not, you know, like there are parts of me that are insecure and there are parts of me that, that, that are afraid and, you know, letting those be shown or, leaning into just different conversations, healing conversations around, or even being seen as messy with, you know, business deals and, and partners and others. I mean, you name it, there's the, per giving myself the permission to, to just be authentic. And sometimes authentic doesn't mean powerful. It's not a social media highlight reel. Authenticity is, is just, you are. And, doesn't matter if I'm operating as my highest self or if I'm operating as inner child Raj, it's all me. And all of it gets to be seen and loved. And um, really separating, again, going back to what we talked about, I think in January, the expression of love versus the love itself. Like 
It's it, there, you can't be more or less yourself. You just are. You can't make choices that make you more or less. Like it's been something that you know for me. It's like I can't make choices that make me more or less Indian. I just am. I can't make choices that make me more or less of an entrepreneur. I just am. Can't make choices that make me. It's just like there's some things yeah. I can't make choices that make me more or less of a male. I just am. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if there's a story that's like, hey, this makes me less of a man. There's a story because if you sink into the truth, there's no disputing it. You just are. And that's where then in truth you get to heal. So that messiness is what keeps me grounded. And that's a muscle that I'm building and I'm not, it's not fully formed yet, but it's, 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 it's one that I'm building and leaning into every single day. Wow. What a month. What's what a, a month? damn what a month. month. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, so much like so many things so many beautiful things um, so much to take away and, and think about and, and like mull over and thank you thank you on behalf of for me and all, all the listeners you know just for sharing your journey in such a, a beautiful vulnerable way because this is how we learn from other people's experiences and when someone is able to like really go there and pull away pull open the curtains and show the real stuff it just gives you so much confidence in your own journey so i love being on the end of these conversations so thank you Mm, thank you for always just guiding the conversation in the way it's supposed to go like i i'll post a picture on social guys but the uh like i have like four pages of notes from my monthly reflections and i never really like i mean i wish i could share all of them (laughs) i mean there's Nuggets, there's stuff that we didn't cover in this reflection that's in my monthly reflections. I just pull the most useful stuff. And um, and Georgina, you're just so good at bringing out even more than what we planned on bringing out. I just love who you're, who you are and who you're becoming. Like I've just, I've seen you grow so much over the last um, five years. And it's just been such a privilege to just be a witness for you as well. And so I'm just really grateful that uh, you're the one who's getting to peel back the onion layers and getting to experience this next chapter of, of growth and spiritual evolution for myself. So thank you. Thank you. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Georgina. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.